to dress up as Santa for this Cheringham tradition, though the size of his tummy might have had something to do with it. At least that's what dear old Emily said. But he'd never, ever once regretted it. Ten years as the Cheringham Santa, and each year more fun than the last. Fantastic turnout, isn't it, Bill? Bill turned to see Pravir Singh, chair of the Rotary Club and dear friend, stepping out onto the balcony. Oh, yes, somebody up there is looking after the weather, said Bill, shaking his hand. That's for sure, said Pravir. If the snow holds off for the evening, we should clear a pretty sum. Night like this, and for such a good cause, you'd have to be a miserable sod not to put your hand in your pocket. Exactly. Best Christmas lights in the Cotswolds, I reckon, said Bill. Of course, with Todd, we've got a head start. Best electrician this side of Oxford. Couldn't agree more, said Prevere. Have you seen him, by the way? He just popped down for one last check, said Bill. I think he's a bit nervous about the new setup. Bill gestured towards the small table with a laptop and microphone. Aha! Cheringham goes digital, eh? said Pravir. I must admit, I rather miss the old brass lever, said Bill. Sense of power, seeing the tree go up, then the lights go all the way down the high street. I'm surprised you never went up with it, said Prevere. Right old death trap that switch was. At least we'll still be doing the countdown. Computer can't do that yet, said Bill. Talking of which, how long have we got? He saw Prevere check his wristwatch. Well, half an hour, I make it. You all organised. Don't you worry, old boy, said Bill. Costume's down in the caretaker's office. Only takes me a couple of minutes to slip it on. Beard, too, said Prevere. Sure you don't need a hand? Got it down to a T, said Bill. Years of practice. Bill saw two more figures emerge onto the balcony through the open glass doors. Roger, Cecil, he said. What a pleasure to see you both. That's a damn lie, thought Bill, without taking the welcoming smile off his face. Roger Reed, manager of Cheringham's only bank, had treated Bill like dirt when he'd first arrived in the village all those years ago and Cecil Caldwell, boss of Caldwell's fine properties, and a first-rate snob, according to Emily, had patronised him all the way through the purchase of his first cottage. But live and let live, thought Bill. After all, tis the season. Got your eye on the clock, said Roger, tapping his watch. Cutting it a bit fine, aren't you? Timing's of the essence, you know, Bill, said Cecil at his side. We've never been even a second late. As if I disappoint the village, thought Bill. However, ah, uh, you're right, chaps, said Bill. Better go and get into character, hadn't I? Mm, yes, well, said Cecil, puffing out his jowly chin even more than usual. Don't want to let the kiddies down. With a sneaky wink to Prevere, Bill headed back through the big glass double doors into the upper room of the village hall and made his way to the stairs. Bill peered into the mirror and carefully gummed the fluffy white beard onto his chin. The smell of the glue always took him back to his school days in West London. That tight backstage room crammed with sixteen-year-old boys made up as unlikely Shakespearean kings and noblemen. Fifty years ago, he thought. <laughs> Hard to believe. He reached down into the costume box, took out the big red hat with its white fur trim and bobble, and carefully put it on over the white wig. Then he stepped back from the mirror and scrutinised the whole outfit. Ah, not bad, he thought. Maybe a little, uh, saggy. 
He adjusted the stuffing under his red tunic and tightened the belt. Ho, 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 he said. There we are. Perfect. He checked that the white gloves were in his trouser pockets, then glanced at his watch. Twenty to six. Hmm, he thought. Just time for a quiet ciggy, especially out of Emily's scolding purview. He reached into his jacket pocket, took out his lighter and a single cigarette from the pack. Then he stepped out of the caretaker's storeroom and headed down the hallway. He remembered from last year the little door they used for deliveries. Fingers crossed it wouldn't be locked. At the door, he lifted the latch and tugged hard. Yes. He pulled the creaking door open and stepped straight out onto the pavement. Quiet here, away from the expectant hubbub. A nice moment. He was careful not to shut the door behind him. Don't want to get stranded out here while the show goes on. He popped the cigarette into his mouth, lit up, and looked around. The village square was dark. All the street lights had been turned off to show off the strings of Christmas lights looped from one side of the high street to the other. Needs me to turn them on first, though, he thought. The Bell Hotel was lit up, of course, across the road, and some light spilled out of the Angel on this side. Shame I can't pop in there now for a quick pint, he thought. Have to sneak down to the ploughman soon as I've handed out all the prezzies. There were no market stalls at this end of the high street, just parking for all the vans that belonged to the stallholders. Standing here all alone, Bill could hardly believe the hubbub of activity just the other side of the village hall. He took another deep drag on the cigarette and blew the smoke up into the night air. He shivered with the cold, getting even chillier under the clear sky. He took a moment to just gaze at the street and pavements hard with flattened snow, the ice crystals twinkling with the light from the pub. More snow was predicted, but so far so good. Wouldn't want to be driving home on these roads tonight, he thought. And as if on cue... A van crept down the high street towards the village hall and took the turn slowly into the square. Bill watched as it came closer, then drew up just level with him, its engine ticking quietly. Must be arriving late for the festivities, whoever it was. <laughs> They'd better hurry. The windows were all misted up, so Bill couldn't see inside the cab. He waited for it to move on. But it didn't. Looking for a parking space, thought Bill. Oh, <laughs> Some hope. He checked his watch. Ten to six. Time to head back up to the balcony, make his dramatic entrance, wave to the cheering crowd, press the new button for the lights and officially start Christmas in Cheringham. But still time to finish this ciggy, he thought. At my age, can't rush any of life's little pleasures. And he took another drag and blew a perfect smoke ring into the night air. Chapter 2 Lighting the Tree How about one more mulled wine? said Sarah, steering Jack towards the warm light of the stall. Sure, said Jack, following her through the bustling crowd. Night like this I could do with another warm layer. At the stall he waited while Sarah paid for the drinks. The girl, who Jack recognised from her day job in the sandwich shop, ladled them out from a massive steaming tureen into tiny styrofoam cups. Sarah handed him his wine. Funny how they always do their drinks hobbit-sized here in England, thought Jack. Cheers, he said, carefully taking a sip of the scorching concoction. Cheers, 
said Sarah. Wow, that hits the spot, he said. They stood for a minute at the edge of the crowd, sipping their steaming drinks and taking in the atmosphere. Jack had been to a few of these Cheringham Christmas events over the years, and each time they seemed to get bigger, more popular. Though he recognised a lot of the faces in the crowd, there seemed to be more visitors than ever. It all added up to a lot of fun and a great atmosphere, the busy stalls, a happy crowd jostling together in the street. And to cap it all, two days of snow had made the whole place look like a scene from a Dickens novel. Long way from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, he thought. Come on, dreamer, said Sarah, seeing him taking it all in. Don't want to miss the big ceremony. It does look like a movie set, though, doesn't it? You're right, she said. I shouldn't take it for granted. Lucky you, bringing up kids in a place like this. He saw her smile and nod. The first year they put this on with the stalls and everything, Chloe was seven, I think. Daniel must have been around five. He sat in the snow by the tree and absolutely refused to move until Santa turned up to hand out the presents. The kids here tonight? Time passes, thought Jack. Oh, somewhere. Chloe's helping sell raffle tickets and Daniel's hanging out with his pals trying to get a sneaky beer off one of the stalls, I imagine. Well, they might not be so interested in the lighting up ceremony anymore, but I sure am, said Jack. Me too, said Sarah, checking her watch, and in fact, it's time we headed up to the hall. She turned and started to gently push her way through the crowds, and Jack followed. When they reached the village hall, a big crowd had already gathered around the Christmas tree. Sarah recognised some of the younger village mums. It seemed like half of Cheringham Primary School was camped out, eagerly waiting for Santa to arrive. Sarah saw excited children everywhere, chattering, playing, jumping up and down, sliding on the packed snow.